When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to another episode of Podcast on Fifth Ave. Julianne Pulisi and my girl, Taylor Haas. Taylor, uh, some big news from Morning Skate. We're recording this on Thursday evening. Um, just about uh, an update on Tristan Jari and when he could possibly be available for this team again. Yeah, uh, good news. Uh, you know, all things considered, you go back to like the, the game in Anaheim. Um he got injured. I mean, he was pitching a, a shutout. He was 21 saves in, and it was late in the second period. Um, Adam Henry bumped into him in the crease, kind of knocked his mask loose, and then um, he took a shot, I think it was Strom, and it, it hit him. You couldn't tell if it hit him, like, somewhere in the mask as it was in the or if it actually got, like, where there's skin and hit him in the face. Um, turns out hit him in the face. Uh, and when he was leaving that game, the blood coming down his face. Yeah. And you worried like concussion because it looked like Henrique also hit him pretty hard. Um, but it, I mean, it, he's definitely going to be out, out tonight against the Kings. Um, Helberg's going to start. Uh, Mike Sullivan said today that all the tests came back good. It was good news. Um, the only issue is that his eyes swollen and he can't really stay out of it. And you kind of need to see to be a good uh, so he's, um, yeah, he's going to miss this game for sure. I, I feel like he's probably not going to miss that much more. It's just a matter of waiting for the, the swelling to go down. I mean, the points that they have a travel tomorrow, um, right. It should be Helberg and Blomquist type. And I, I think Blomquist is going to go down pretty soon. And people watching this, if, if you're watching this YouTube, um, Facebook, if you leave questions in the comments, um, we'll see, and we can put them on the screen. We'll be doing this for the next like half an hour. 40 minutes uh, taking your questions live. So, yeah, let's take some live questions. I forgot to mention that when I brought it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, excited to take some questions. It was, um, we're going to, Taylor and I are going to try to do this um, like once a month where we get to take your questions so we can kind of like, we love you guys so much. So we just want to hear what you want to know. And, you know, Big T is going to help answer it because she's on the road with the team. So she's got you covered. Um, How has Helberg looked to you uh, on the ice just when you've gotten to see him? 
I mean, he looked he looked great. I mean, he finished with a shutout. Ne- neither goalie gets credit for a shutout. It's not like a no hitter in baseball where you can like combine for one. Like neither of them get it. But I mean, they <laughs> shut the they shut the the Ducks. The Penguins tightened up pretty um, well defensively in front of Helberg. They only faced I think it was eleven shots um, in the third, and then the the whatever's left over in the second period. But um, I, I, the toughest test is going to be tonight here in LA against the Kings. Um, that's the toughest team of the road trip, obviously. But um, I, I mean, Helberg, he's he's going to be the number three. I don't think that's going to change. Um, he's thirty-two years old and he has twenty-five NHL games. Uh, after last game, I most of his aren't in full games. Like he is what he is. He's just a really good, you know, number three. Um, but he's huge. That's the thing. Uh, he's six foot six. He says he thinks six foot eight on skates. Um, but I mean, he's especially compared to like you know Jari or back when they had like Smith. Ned's not that tall either. Uh, Helberg, he's a big guy. But um, we have Matt on Facebook. You saying hi? Hi, Matt. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna try to avoid the um, love the show or I love watching it. <laughs> and I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And then I was like, no, I love watching hockey on TV. Okay, so Kay Wright is asking, uh, if the Pens got to make a trade for a stay-at-home defenseman, who may be attainable? So I don't I don't think this is really a thing that's... Like, I don't think they're going to go out and trade for like a big name, like stay-at-home defenseman. Obviously, um, Patterson Carlson, that pairing is pretty set. Graves has been like iffy to start this season, but I mean... Him and Latang, they're fine. And the third pairing is the one that's like in, in flux. And they really don't have much cap space to, to deal with that that pairing. Not everyone kind of in that rotation. Um, and that's Pio Joseph, Chad Ruido, Ryan, Shea, and then also John Ludwig um, when he whenever he's healthy. Um, everyone makes like league minimum or just above it. So if you're moving out any of those guys, you're not going to get back much. Um, I... I'd actually be looking at Mark Pesic. So Mark Pesic, he attended Penguins training camp on a on a PTO. Uh, missed all of last season. He had signed with Detroit last season. Um, towards Achilles, had a setback, ended up missing the whole year. He signed um, PTO with Penguins, trying to earn a real contract. And he lower body injury in camp. We don't know if it's the same Achilles or anything. They didn't they didn't specify. Um, but he, they said it was longer term. So it sounds like he's 100% now. He never went anywhere. Um, he had a, a stall in the locker room the entire time. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I say he started actually skating um, with the Penguins skating coaches before the morning skates. And then a couple days ago, he signed a PTO with Wilkes-Barre. Um, and so like in the NHL, PTOs, you can only do training camp. Um you can't play regular season games. PTOs in the AHL, you can play up to 25 regular season games. Um, so it's basically a conditioning stint for him. You can't send him down like on like real conditioning stint because he's not actually signed. Uh, but this seems like a path to getting him signed and then maybe having him um, come in I, maybe as a 60 or even or, or the 70. It's, it's really, I mean, it depends on how he does. He hasn't played a game down there yet since signing, but... Um, he can play both sides of the pairing. Uh, Ryan Jay, I, I think of the other guys who have been in that mix has maybe looked the best out of all of them. Although it's, it's really like a game to game type thing. But, uh, I mean, 
if, if, you, if pets that can come in and be healthy and actually contribute, then that would be huge. And if you try moche, then maybe, maybe that fixes the third pairing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say like, go out and you don't want to spend a lot of money on your third pairing when you have Tang and Carlson on the ice for 50 minutes a night. Yeah, exactly. So, I think pets are such a good, I think that's kind of the option and that all makes sense that that would be the way that it would work out. Um, Please keep sending us your questions. We're going to take a break here on podcast on fifth half. Um, yeah, let's take this one from Daniel when we get back. And also we want to talk about the whole um, back and forth with um, <clears throat> Vinny Henestrosa and uh, Jeff Carter. So we have a lot of fun uh, when we get back. Uh, talk to you in a bit. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. on fifth Ave and uh taylor we're gonna talk about uh jeff carter here and probably coming back up in into the lineup um but also you know benny tennis has been a shot in the arm uh for this team but let's uh head to daniel first um how nhl ready is joel blomquist i'm it's hard to say. I mean, I don't think he gets in a game right now. Like on this, so he, he was on the recall, the goalie recalled uh, from Wilkes-Barre to fly across the country just for this one game uh, with with Jari out. He's going to back right. up tonight. So this is his first year in North America. He's coming over from Finland. He had played like as as a uh, you know the a one game in each of the last two seasons and Wilkes Barre and he didn't look that good. You know it's like hard um, <laughs> that situation coming at the end of the year. Uh, but this season he's looked he's been great. I, I forget his numbers off the top of my head. I think it's like a nine twenty save percentage and a one point nine goals against average through seven games. Um, it, you know coming from Europe. It's a lot different even for a goalie. Like, the ice is smaller, right. the game's different. Faster here. Um, things happen much faster. And, you know, there have been goalies that come over from Europe and they don't quite adjust that well, or maybe it takes some time. Blomquist has had no issues. Like, even going back to the, the Prospects Challenge in Buffalo, he, he pitched a shutout to finish that game. Uh, put uh, put money in the Sabres jar. <laughs> <laughs> he pitched a shutout. Uh, I think that was actually the Sabres he shut out again in, you know, a tournament. Uh, he had another, I think he went a lot of one goal in his, in his first appearance, but. I, I, he's been great. And you, I mean, his numbers in Finland last year was tough because he had two separate concussions. He had a concussion early in the year. Then he had one um, shortly after he came back. Uh, so I think he's pretty ready. I mean, I'd like to see him get in a game before the end of the season. I'm not saying like, okay, he's ready for full-time action, but I, I mean, as a number three, maybe, you know, after everyone gets healthy here, obviously, Jari is hurt. Probably, we, we talked about here just joining us. I think he's only going to miss one game. Ned can come back um, November 19th at the earliest against the Golden Knights. Um, 
and Helberg's going to go back down. But if there's another injury later in the season, uh, maybe Bonquist is the one that comes up. I I think that would be pretty uh, happy, cool to see. But yeah, we might have Bonquist this time. Um, oh, Daniel. Um, <laughs> Taylor rolls around at me all the time, Daniel. So, <laughs> Daniel, I bet Taylor rolls her eyes when I ask about trading Jeff Carter on Twitter. Face so much emojis. It's a bunch of emojis. Probably. But that's like, yeah. No, but but so not, I mean, not the vomit face. That's it could be. It might be, but I mean, so we want to talk about like Jeff Carter and the, the history yeah. of the situation. So for people who didn't see this morning, um, you know, with the goalie situation, they needed to call up Blomquist. Shari's not going on like long term IR or anything, so that doesn't help them like cap wise. Blomquist makes okay. So to start, they had about twenty thousand in cap space. Um, Blomquist makes eight hundred sixty three thousand. So someone needs to go down or go on like long term IR or something to free up that space. The one thing that the first thing they did with John Ludwig on long term IR, he was hurt that same game. Nedeljkovic was, um, so he, he can come back November nineteenth at the earliest. That was he, he got a concussion in his NHL debut, pretty tough. Um, but he only made seven hundred seventy five thousand. So that plus the twenty still doesn't get you a goalie. So one thing they had to do is then send a skater down and be, most everyone requires waivers. And, you know, they're doing this pretty late notice because um, yesterday they weren't sure that Jar was going to miss today. Um, so they didn't put anyone on waivers yesterday. So you're limited to two options um, for what forward can go down uh, or waivers exempt temporarily because they cleared waivers before. And then you come up, you can play up to 10 games or spend 30 days on the roster before needing it again. There are two guys in that window. That's Zahorna and that's Hinnestroza. You have to send Zahorna down. Zahorna's like going to win the heart for what he did for the third line since coming in. <laughs> but, I mean, Hinnestroza, he sparked that fourth line too. But is that, is yeah. I, I, did you see the fourth line? Scored some goals. <laughs> right? In it economy. <laughs> First, was it nine games? Achari, Nieto, Carter didn't have a single point. Um, like, even assists. They didn't luck into like a secondary assist on, on anyone else's goal during like a line change or anything like that. No points. Um, and uh, they're playing the Sharks. So, uh, in, in that game where, where Hinnestros came in. So, it's not, you can't put too much weight into it into what happens against the Sharks. But if you look at the fourth line relative to like the rest of the, the other lines that game, that's really the, the comparison you can commit can make. And sure. Yeah. The look at like the shares of like shot attempts and stuff like that. They were, they were towards the top. They had a great game. Henestrosa scored uh, that game. And then Nieto scored, scored later in the game. Uh, so, and then even like last game, they didn't get on, you know, no one was barely anyone. John Gibson or Zizda Horna, but um they, Winnestros almost had a had a goal. I want to say it was like the first period or the second period. Early on, like the fourth line was buzzing again. So yeah, Carter's going to get back into the. We have other Carter questions. Uh, like if it says is Carter going to play tonight, he is because the only other option is eleven forwards and seven defensemen, and that doesn't make any sense to do. Like Carter Carter's going to play. Um, and this, I know people are saying like, oh, Sullivan, I'm sure he's so thrilled. Like he gets to put 
Carter Brackett and they were like, this was all part part of the plan. No, like Sullivan didn't tell like Adam Henrique to knock Jari's mask off and like he, he took a puck to the face. Like this was really the only thing they could have done. Um, because Jari's injury injury thankfully isn't long term. Um, so that you don't get the cap relief. Then you just gotta do the, the tight, you know, finagling and uh another chronic question here. Could they just, Could they just cover it out? No. no, so <laughs> no, I have a stroke. But so Carter, he has a full no movement clause that's different. For, so no trade clauses protect you protect you against trades. No movement clauses protect you against all movement. Um, so reassignments to minors, he'd have to approve it. No chance he's doing that. And then he also has um, a thirty-five plus contract. That's not something that all players over thirty-five get. You have to sign a multi-year deal after the age of thirty-five that either has signing bonuses after year one or is front-loaded in salary. Carter's contract was very slightly front-loaded in salary. It, that was like, so like a deliberate thing to only give, to give him that protection. And right. what happens to the 35 plus contract? Um, there's no cap relief in the event of a buyout or early retirement. So there is no way of getting rid of Carter unless he wants to leave. And he, he doesn't want to leave. Um, Has anyone ever asked have, you that? Uh, I'm, this, I'm glad we got the question. Um, I've been wanting to talk about <laughs> Jeff Carter can't go anywhere for a long time. But, you know, people are like, I, it's like every day I see people coming up with scenarios like, well, what if they do this? And it's always something like super creative. Then would they get rid of Carter? Like, it, there's, there, it's not happening. And, like, people... We'll be like, well, maybe he'll wave it to go to, and they'll throw out like someone's like Anaheim because he used to live in LA and that's pretty close. And it's but he, no, he doesn't live in LA anymore. His family's in Pittsburgh. They bought a house in Pittsburgh. I don't in, in unless like the like Abs or the Golden Knights come call in for Jeff Carter. Like maybe maybe he'll wave it for them, but like they're obviously not going to do that. Um, Maybe he'd consider waving it if, you know, the chance when a cup comes along. But if, if you're a cup contender, you're not, you're not after Jeff Carter. So, um, so our folks are stuck with Jeff Carter here. Like, guys, I mean, <laughs> it just is what it is. It's the way that the cookie crumbles. Um, Mark, hi. Hello from Scotland. How did you both become hockey fans in general? Well, oh, my gosh, Taylor. I mean. You're, <laughs> you've been covering hockey only, like, your entire career. So, I mean, mm-hmm. what made you – you got to kind of really pick hockey. Um, what made you – what made you a fan? Yeah, I mean, I grew up definitely um, more into hockey than anything else. So, I'm from, I'm from Baltimore. Um, so Big hockey <laughs> Obviously. Uh, I mean, I would go to, like, Caps games, um, like, growing up a lot. Uh, I actually interned for the Caps when I was in college. Um, but I did yeah, too. I really? The Caps? I co- well, not for the team, but like I covered uh, them as an intern. Yeah, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I interned for the team. It was like halfway with like them and the Wizards. Um, but it was just like video. Um, I was creating like lower thirds to like put on like these <laughs> videos. And uh, the, I, what was this? 2015? I don't know, whenever it was. Um, One of the things I did, like the last things I did um, before leaving, because then I got the job like here, um, 
is I like pulled a lot of highlight clips to use in the cast, uh, like playoff hype video that year. So yeah, well, yeah, I'm like pulling videos of like Kuznets off screwing on like Matt Burry. <laughs> like, like this should be in the video. This is pretty good. <laughs> like, and you like remember that stuff because you're yeah. a savant. <laughs> savant. I just have to interrupt real quick because like my neighbor, uh, shout out Jeff Gray, stopped my mom while she was on a walk with the dog and, <laughs> and says, I can't believe Julianne's doing a podcast with Taylor Haas. Because that girl's a savant. So I can't imagine you picking up video. Like you probably knew exactly like what period everything happened. Like I remember like off the top of your head because that's who you are like as a person. So yeah. <laughs> I think like and, but, like the writing path was then like I started writing about um, like Wilkes-Barre and like even Wheeling. Like I used to do weekly features on like Wilkes on both Wilkes-Barre and Wheeling. Um big into the prospects I, I really enjoyed doing that and then just kind of turned into um writing full-time but julianne what about you well for me i grew up in a football family it was like you know i'm a broadcaster now because i got grounded when i didn't go to pit games as a kid like my cousin was playing and if i didn't go to a game i didn't get to hang out with my friends on saturday night <laughs> so my dad and all of his brothers all played at pit um now my dad works uh with the penguins front office and their like business development stuff so it's been really actually so cool to be able to bond with my dad in that way and to both have like hockey is like our thing now um, is very different than our football life. But, um, you know, I really didn't get into hockey until Sid was drafted. And, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, that was just so exciting. And I just remember like as just a general sports fan being like, oh, my gosh, like I want to somehow get seats in the lower bowl and watch this guy stick work and the way that he plays like just like watch his skill like was just so fascinating to me and then when they won the cup in 09 I was at high school graduation when game seven against Detroit and I asked my parents I was like please like I really don't care to walk across the stage like I would rather be like gearing up to watch the game like I don't care and <laughs> they were like absolutely not you're going to your graduation and I remember like I wrote like go pens on my cap and I'm like not creative so I literally just used like on my black cap like a silver marker like go pens on my cap and like with terrible handwriting and um but I just remember like hearing every kid's name called I went to North Allegheny which is local and um so I graduated with over people it just felt like it it can lube which like gross but I mean <laughs> and uh yeah watching them win was so cool so it was really excited that like those 08 09 years are really what got me into hockey so and now we love well, hockey and then you and I we met each other when I was doing a lot of nailer stuff uh and I was when, too, yeah. yeah so that was uh that's how we found each other uh we can probably take another break but before we do we have yes Oh, Jeffrey Gray, that's my neighbor who thinks you're a savant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that is great. Um, we'll be right back with more uh, podcasts on Fifth Ave. Taylor, I like 
kind of just want to talk about the sharks a little bit, like what you saw last week. So if we can bring that up uh, right after this break, we'll be right back. Absolutely. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. podcast on fifth ave i am uh, plugging my phone in we had some technical well, hold on so before before we move on um i you know i've never like looked really closely at our commercial like because like we see it you know just right one of the so you know there's always like iphone mock-up screens that, that pop across uh, like previous stories one of the first penguins ones you see the the giant picture at the top is adam johnson i thought it was pretty cool that's really so, cool yeah. Also, you have a cool Adam Johnson story to tell um, between yes. him and Sid. So we don't want to forget that because we forgot. Actually, you know what? Let's just tell it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, so if you didn't listen to our show last week, we talked um, about the loss of Penguins for, former Penguins toward Adam Johnson. Um, he died over in, in England. Um, terrible accident. Uh, and I, we talked about just like the, the reaction and, and like the, the things that have changed, like neck guards and all, but we also talked about, I did a story, I called a bunch of guys to play with, um, Adam and what talked to like, you know, the remaining ones that are on the, the team here, uh, and just like memories and like, you know, it was like as a person and stuff for a story. And one of the calls, um, was Joseph Landisi who played with him in, Wolfsbury and Pittsburgh, they were line mates. And I asked him what one of, you know, just what are your favorite memories of, of Adam? And he, his story is actually, you know, a great Sid story. So Adam uh, Johnson, he made his NHL debut in Nashville, um, 2019, I believe. Uh, so that was sort of a road trip. And then the next day, it was like a practice day in Dallas. And he said Sid had his tailor in, in Dallas, like, fitting him for a suit. And then he calls Adam Johnson over and has, like, Adam, like, get his measurements, pick everything out. And Sid bought Adam a suit as, like, a welcome to the, to the NHL moment after his first NHL game. Uh, and DC said, because, you know, he's, moved, he's played for, like, Laval, uh, like, in the Montreal organization since, in Toronto. And he said, you know, people ask him a lot, like, what was it like playing with Sidney Crosby? And he said the the first thing he tells him is what you know, Sydney did for Adam Johnson after his NHL debut. So that's just a cool story. And then it just get, like goes to show how like all these guys come in to a room and like in into the Penguins dressing room for the first time, and they're like, "Oh my god! Like I'm going to be near Sidney Crosby. I'm going to be in a room with Sidney Crosby." And then he's just like you hear all these stories about like how good he is to these new kids when they're coming up from Wilkes and just makes them feel so welcomed and cared for. And like, it just is an ad- another testament to how great he's been for the league. And like, I know we talk about it a lot, but like, it doesn't get talked about enough. Cause like he really, um, 
is just like such a great face for the league. And like, that's, it's the little things that nobody sees that like, that's what I love about your storytelling and reporting is that like, you can learn um, small stories like this, you know, that end up being very meaningful. And he's really great with that, with welcoming guys to the league. So, um, yeah, I remember, I can't remember which prospect it was, but he had like told a story Sunquist. Um it was definitely a Swede, but he said it was like on a like training camp, like a like a team lunch or something, and he saw like Sid came up and started just talking to him. And he was so nervous that he was like shaking and like couldn't speak and like Patrick Horn quit out of coming like restroom. <laughs> 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 <He was so, laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just such a like an unassuming personality that he has, mm-hmm. which is just so cool. Um, Tay, do we have any more questions right now? We do. Do you want to talk about the Sharks real quick? Just because we were talking about like that game um, yeah. before we get to the I questions. Mean, Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were so, I mean so like the Penguins were intent to I know a lot of fans are going into that like oh guaranteed loss because you know of course the Sharks would get their first win against the Penguins they didn't they got it against the Flyers the next game but it was like uh, like a historic bad start what, they went what like 0-10-1 I think yeah, or they didn't win a game I think 0 10 one yeah the Flyers so I think it was 0-10-1 it was like the second worst start in NHL history um, but the, before the Penguins put up 10 on them the Canucks did and right that, and that's the that thing was, is how bad they are is how <laughs> much they like, scored on it's like I mean Oh, just to be in that situation and in that dressing room, it has to be so hard. The the 10 goals in in back-to-back games, that hasn't been done. I saw the stat. It was something like the 1965 Boston Bruins. Um, Before that, it was like the 44 Bruins. And then the one I remember, so it's only happened three other times before the Canucks did it. Um, the, the first one was like the 1920 Quebec Bulldogs. Uh, so, yeah, but it just, <laughs> historically bad but then you saw like the gm mike greer was kind of like ripping the team in the media about you know there's stuff happening that's like not acceptable and they you know, they need to see improvement it's like you're like they're tanking right and he's mad the tanking's working a little too well um i, I just never tanking is centered. bad <laughs> like, it's just like uh, you don't have to lose you don't have to let up 10 goals to tank. Like, yeah, I mean, like, that's players, not on purpose. That's not on no. purpose. And, and, and you know what the most disrespectful thing is, is, like, I was, you know, watching the game, and um, this is what happened to the Sabres right before they fired Ralph Kruger, is they would play, I remember they were playing the Islanders and the Devils, and the guys would score on them, and they just weren't even celebrating. Because, like, that's the biggest slap in the face in hockey, I think. It's it's just, like, you're not even excited that you scored because this team is just so bad. So, I mean, I think the Penguins at some point, like, maybe around goal number seven, maybe before that, like, they just almost felt bad. Yeah, like, like Brian Rust, one of his, oh, yeah, no, he had one goal. I think it was Rust. Whenever he scored, like, they didn't even go through the fist bump line in front of the bench. They just skated right back to center ice. <laughs> That's so I, sad. Like, I, That's the biggest slap in the face, too. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, and the players and coaches like don't tank. It's not like the Sharks are trying to be bad. It's like sh- the GMs put together a terrible roster, and it's the tank is working a little too well. Um, yeah. we, can go, we can go back to questions. Yeah, let's uh, four characters. We're not gonna. We're not gonna lay, lay it on any thicker. Uh, okay, Dan is a supporter of uh, Drew O'Connor. Do you see him developing into a top six forward this year? Um, I think Drew's ceiling is someone. So first of all, I think he is someone that can for sure step up. Like if so, if there's an injury to the wing um, in the top six, I think Drew's probably the guy who's getting a look up there. Or, I mean, I made Zahorna just because Zahorna's been so good. Um, I, so I think his ceiling is that, but I also think that like, what they have now with the third line um, with Drew Z and, and Eller has been working so well that like I'm not I'm not itching to like, say like oh get get Zohorn, I mean get O'Connor off that line um, mm-hmm. yeah and, and and I mean this this year there's also just I mean not like a like a full time spot I don't see him like some planting like like Riley Smith so Drew he can play both sides but if if you want him to be at his best I mean he's naturally a lefty. Ahead of him, it's Riley Smith and Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel is his preferred winger. He's not going anywhere. Riley Smith has really started clicking with Gino. Um, and something that Riley Smith um, kind of brings to that line that maybe Zucker didn't, the, a better defensive mind. Um, just much more responsible, which if you're playing with Malkin, that's a great thing to have because... I forget the way Mike Sullivan put it when he was talking about like why he likes Riley on that line. He called Malkin like adventurous with the puck or something like that. It's something like not calling him a liability, but you know, Malkin, he's a risk taker offensively. So you want to have someone like Riley up there. Um, I, yeah. So this season, I think Drew is going to stay at third line. If we're looking at next year, um, there's some shuffling with the wings or depending on if, if there is an opening, um, then maybe he's up there, but for injury, he would be he would be my my pick uh, my next guy. But speaking of third line, we have a for being the next one. Okay, David Thomas. Do you think Big Z stays in the lineup all year? I sure hope so. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For hundred percent. I mean, the only reason he wasn't at the at the start was like you know cap issues, and they wanted to give Harkins a look. And I mean, he's he's not he's not going anywhere this year. Um, we'll try to take a couple more. Um, yeah. oh. I, I'm sorry. I think we're clicking at the same time. Okay. Rob, <laughs> um, thought P.O. Joseph played well enough to stay in the lineup. Number two is just not the better D-man. So Chad. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean, so Chad didn't have a great game last game. It looks like Rui, Chad Rui, it looks like he's going to stay in the lineup tonight. Just based. So the Penguins don't have a full morning skate. They only do optionals. So there, we don't get line combinations or anything like that. But the, the clue is who stays out late on the ice. Because if you're not expecting to play that night, you, you stay out for as much work as right. possible. The guys who aren't going to play that, that night do come off. Um, Chad and Shay both came off relatively early. Joseph stayed out there late with uh, Blomquist working with him. So, that, I mean, that's not like a foolproof system, but it looks like he's going to stay uh, I mean, we just talked about, like, in the first time, if you missed it, the, just the shuffling on the, for that preparing on all the guys in the mix and how now you might have Mark Pestic in the mix. But, I mean, they can't carry eight defensemen, like, healthy defensemen all year just because 
you know, when everyone's healthy, they got to find the cap space to keep a 13th forward up and get in Estroza. So someone's going to have to go. I, I, at this point, maybe I'd be looking to just to trade P.O. because he's the young guy that maybe you can get mm-hmm. something back for a team. Like, you're not going to get something great back. You're not going to get, like, an NHL asset back. But I think, like, a good frame, to, like, like a good, like, the, the Addis trade Minnesota just did with, with San Jose. I think they got a prospect back and they got... Um, like a fifth round pick. Now Joseph, he's not like an Addison. Like Addison, um, like a better, a better player. I don't give you like a prospect back, but maybe like a pick. But I'm sure a young team like in like in Arizona, Arizona ironically did draft PO. It's an irony, but yeah. Um, but maybe back. like they, yeah. So maybe you know a young rebuilding team like that would be like you know who's not competing for anything this year would be like it's worth uh, worth taking a shot. So uh, hope another question here. Given, hey Matt, uh, given the growing presence of social media, do you see a future in which GMs around the league could become more careful to construct rosters in order to avoid cap compliant moves? Wow, this is a wordy question <laughs> that create public outcry. Well, I, oh, so like you, wow. it, it's the stuff we talked about with like how Hinnestros had to go down today so they could bring up mm-hmm. Blomquist because but I don't think Kyle Dubis gives. No care about what people are saying. They about. have no care in the world about what you're yeah, saying on, on social media. They don't. Well, no. and, and I mean, it's not like Dubis wants to do this. Like he doesn't want to take Hinstros out of the lineup. Um, and he has to. He has and, to. Yeah, he has no to. Other but, option, and, really. Yeah, I know. I've seen like fans being like, "Well, they should have given themselves more of a cushion going into the season." But like, even bad teams this year don't have that much cap space because this is like the last yeah, year. The real year. Kind of, like, yeah, it's the last year. The real flat cap. You can only do cap dump so many times before even the bad teams don't have that much space. Um, so there's there's really not that much you know, they they could have done um, going into the season. It it doesn't help that they're paying. Jack Johnson, 900000 I mean, that's a recall right yeah. there. They're still paying him. Yeah. Um, ideally, you would not have Jeff Carter's $3.125 on the on the roster, but there, uh, as we've been over, <laughs> there's absolutely nothing they could have gone. Um, nothing they could have done to get rid of Jeff Carter. So uh, there's – no, I, they don't want to be doing this. Uh, social media, I, honestly, Dubis might not even be aware of like what people are saying. Even oh, probably not. No. Like, okay. Yeah, I don't. Maybe, and if they do I mean, know, maybe, they don't care. Yeah. Well, yeah. and if he cared, I mean, they might be able to like the maybe explain it better when they do it. Maybe like do a good dog after those moves and be like, "So this is why we did what we did." But it, it, it the reaction isn't that big of a deal. I'm gonna take one more question. All right. We got we got one from Kyle here. If you want to take Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, ladies. Great show. Um, how would it be to see the floodgates open or Raquel on? I'm guessing he's saying on Ra- with Raquel. Yeah, on Raquel. Yeah, on Raquel since he's playing so well. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, he like can't buy a goal. It feels like the spine is so snake bitten, but. I, I'm, I'm not that concerned about Raquel just because he's getting like the chances, like you know he, he alluded to. If if it if Raquel weren't getting you know the shots off or you know helping to drive off and pump out line and, and everything like that, 
then it would be concerning. But, you know, I was, I was looking at the numbers earlier today, um, like the rate players are getting shot attempts off on the Penguins. Um, so like, re- like, like, like a rate, like relative to their ice time. He's like number two on the team. It's like 22 shot attempts per 60 minutes of ice time. It's like number two behind Gino, who's like 22.1. So like Raquel's getting the chances. They're just not going in. So, I mean, that's something where I, usually something like that just works itself out. Um, yeah, I hopefully we get to dive into that next week and like. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they played or not? Maybe I'll have a big week after that question there from Kyle. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us for another uh, episode of podcast on Fifth Ave with my bestie Taylor Haas. I'm Julianne Pelusi. <laughs> we'll see you next week.